Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. I want a hat for you today. <laughs> you are at the spot, the place where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today we're going to Canada. I love Canada. To a horse ranch. We're going to visit our guest, Diane Baker. She just told me something in the green room that just opened my heart up. We're going to talk a little bit about grief, grief recovery resilience, what it feels like being a uh, mother, of not one, but two daughters who die by suicide. And it's not commit suicide because people don't commit to trauma and tragedy. They are a victim of something that's catastrophic. So we're going to try to be empathetic and understand as she walks us through this journey. But we're also going to try to come out on the other side, maybe providing whole space for her come to an understanding on how we can recognize signs and symptoms, how that we cannot take this as a burden and earnest upon ourselves, because that's someone else's choice. So it's gonna be a heavy conversation. Get your cup of tea and some cookies and sit back and listen to me and Diane Baker. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. So let's start out on a happy note. Did you go out for a ride today on one of those beautiful horses? Uh, we didn't because we have a we had a rainstorm and then well we we still got lots of snow and then we had another five inches of snow on top of the sheet of ice so it's like wicked walking so no riding We're, but but I did go hug my horses I I fed them this morning extra and yeah it's a kind of a cool day out there today. Well, uh, it's now what part of Canada are you in? We're in Alberta, Ooh, Western Canada. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I know. I worked in Calgary. I worked in Alberta. And then I would oh, travel oh. more west and uh, Banff. Oh, oh excellent. Yes, Banff is it's the business brains. If you've never been there to Lake Louise, you better put it on your life list. It is a beautiful is. place. Canada is a beautiful place. Uh, I like Canadians. They are not as, they're not snarky like some European countries. They're not cocky like Americans. They're somewhere in between. They've got their own little twist. Uh, and I love that. It seems like they're very supportive and a loving community. Do you find that living there? Yeah, we, we uh, good neighbors are uh, nice to have and lots of support from family, friends, uh, lots of community activities. So it's a good place. I like it. Community. So tell us how you show up in the world. Well, life's been a pretty incredible journey. Uh, lots of uh, side paths. So I, I'm really studying grief, uh, trauma, loss, because it's been such a big part of my life for the last four years, but 
prior to that, um, I, I really, and, and right now also, I work a lot with women and wellness. Horses are tremendous um, partners, and we do a lot of work on the ground, heart-to-heart -heart connection, and asking people to detox, as in put away that uh, phone, step out of the world that has electricity, and come to our cabins where you are off the grid, and you get a total body detox and refresh. And that, that's so important in these times when we're overloaded by information. It's just overwhelming. Absolutely. And you know, people tell me that horses, you know, kind of like dogs, have such a way of soothing you and talking to you and communicating to you and uplifting your spirits. They they innately know exactly who you are and where you are in the moment. Do you find that with your horses? Absolutely. They, they're a very old species and they put up with so much from the, the humans over the centuries. And what we see often is that uh, uh, fallen warriors come back as great in, in these great horses and that there's spirit riders within and we have a lot of communication that happens between people who come and the spirit world. Horses have no agenda. There's no judgment. There's no uh, cattiness in them where they're going to get uh, mad at you. You can just hug them and love them and they will raise your energy field because they're a highly evolved being. They're a sentient being. So they have huge emotional capacity and they love to play. And well, so we, we love the energy dance. I'll beg to differ because, honey, one horse ran away with me. Oh, yes, indeed. I got on that back of that horse, and we were up in Burbank, California at the horse ranch, you know, up there near Studio City, all the big highbrow people. And I'm with my brother and a gang of people, and I just think that I'm going to be like a cowgirl. I get on that sucker. Number one, it was hard as hell getting up on the saddle, number one. I think I fell down two or three times. But you get there, and... You sit on top of this big, majestic animal. I mean, you're no longer in control. You are kind of at their mercy. So you have to be able to merge into them. They have to feel your energy. Well, baby, she felt mine and took off running. And here I am just like this in the back, on the back of that horse. And I'm, whoa, and whoa, and I'm pulling on the reins and I'm sliding back and forth on that. Let me tell you, Diane, when she stopped, I thank the good Lord. I politely slid down. I got in that saddlebag, gave her a couple sugar cubes and some carrots and walked her butt back three miles. I have not been on a horse since. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I, I hate those stories because they are. No, I, and they I'm are not saying that it's a, it's a bad. bad thing. I did. I have to, you, sometimes you have to submit much like life. You have to give into the situation. And that's what I had to do. I had to surrender. That doesn't mean that I don't like horses. I do, but from afar. I, you know, again, you have to build a relationship. You have to have resilience. And that's something that you can really speak to because knowing the horses, but also the trauma that you have been experiencing. And I know that it's very tender and very raw. So share as much or as little as you like about your current situation, but not just losing one daughter, but two daughters. 
um, to untimely deaths. Tell us a little bit about that and and what's your headspace right now and, and how are you trying to work through it? Well, we had the terrible phone call that changes your life forever. And it was so catastrophic that I, it, it's still, still surreal. And our oldest daughter had struggled. She'd had some depression and, you know, the, the sad thing was she had gone to a exclusive program to help her and it actually turned out to be a trigger. Our Alberta health system is a little bit flawed these days and then they they challenged her when they shouldn't have and that you know that's not the only factor of course not it's a, it builds up to a space where but you're still in shock because we did not realize the extent of the the pain that she was in and she decided that that was her last day on earth her last breath but unfortunately it took 12 hours in the hospital with us waiting in ICU, horrible trauma, and the end was uh, really not very, very good. Uh, well, no ending is, but uh, she was 37 and left behind uh, two, I've got two lovely grandchildren and son-in-law and I, we're all struggling. It, I think that's a life, life forward, but I've done a lot of work with um, some counselors and David Kessler and his grief.com is absolutely phenomenal. And he's been my greatest resource with this second tragedy that we just went through with uh, my youngest daughter, Carrie. And Carrie too, she was uh, in a lot of distress this past year. And the, I think the, the mental health system uh, everywhere is just overloaded and COVID has done disastrous things to the world. So yeah, Carrie um, was in the hospital in, and she almost died in ICU from a really bad pneumonia, but I guess the good side of that is that I got to be with her for five days and spend time with her. And then I had to go home and uh, yeah, she died on the street of a drug overdose in December. And addiction is something that uh, is very difficult. And there's many, many facets to that, that we don't understand. There's you know, huge but, wide. But you know what? And I'm not in that situation. Okay, so I don't want to overstep my bounds. But it was beyond your control. Oh, totally. When you, you I tell people all the time, when your kid learns how to cross the street, <laughs> they belong to the world. And totally. there's things that they don't share with us. You know, mental health challenges it's not like an open wound. You can't put peroxide and the antiseptic on it, some neosporin and a Band-Aid and watch it heal. 
You never know what's going to open it back up. You never know how severe it is. And then you have people that are getting prescription medication, but they're also self-medicating. They've got this other voice chattering in their head. They've got life challenges that they can't deal with. It's a lot. We don't know what's going on in their head. And as individuals or family members or friends, we always want to show support and encourage. A lot of times people just want to be heard and they want to be believed. Whatever their reality is, you have to understand, brains, that that's their reality. That's their story. That's what's going on in their head. It's like a person with Alzheimer's or dementia, always combating and fighting with them to be in the present. No, it's like this. It's like that. You said yourself a hundred times. You, you know, don't repeat it again. Well, it is what it is. My mother used to tell me about this little girl to come visit her, and I'd ask her, "What was she wearing?" You know, <laughs> did she have patent leather shoes? Did she have white socks? Was her dress ruffly? And my mother was just as content and quiet and calm. But you let me try to take her somewhere else that wasn't her reality. She became combative. So we don't know what sugar plums are dancing in somebody else's head. And you look at that person sitting next to you, you think they got it all together. And let me tell you, when they're in the privacy of their own home, they're a mess. So what did you do to help calm yourself? Because again, once you come to the realization that this is a situation, you know, we go through all of these different changes and different stages of grief, brains, and they're not sync, you know, in succinct. You're going to be happy one day, bargaining one day, cussing the next day, crying the next day, forgiving, blaming God. You're going to go through it up and down, over and over and over again. But what are you doing for yourself, Diane? What are you doing for yourself? Well, I think the most important thing I do is I go outside and I hug my horses, I, I ground myself, I uh, do meditations every morning focused on my self-care, my health, and I, I, I respect that time that I need to just take a breath and step out of caring for everybody else and care for me for a while. Uh, it seems like I've been caring for the kids for a long time because this has been an ongoing thing. So. Now suddenly I've got this space, but uh, I, I really need that, the grounding and the, the healing that the horses are giving me. And that's that's my biggest, and, and I've got two husky dogs. So yeah. Do you, I, and this, is a, this is a really personal question. You can answer it whether you want to or not. But do you take time to channel their energy and have conversations with your daughters? Not so much oh, why. Yes. Not oh, so much yes. every morning asking the question why, but actually coming to terms and kind of seeing where they are, feeling that energy, feeling that passion. Because when my mother transitioned, I'm telling you, her spirit was magnified tenfold. Yeah, every morning when I get up, I light two candles for them, one for Carrie, one for Sandra, and one for me. And then I just sit in the silence and I talk mind to mind just spirit to spirit and see what they have to say, what I feel. I, I think I feel so much uh, lately and I know they're around and they're gone and then they're back. And uh, I think that 
that's a very important part of the process is talking to them. No blame, no judgment, just you, you're always, this is home and we are here for you always. How do we talk to children about death? You know, a lot of times people try to sugarcoat it. And I'm your situation is different. Everybody's situation is different. But I had two situations. The first one was my girlfriend was not absolutely not going to let her children go with her to the funeral. Well, they talked her into it. So she tells the children as they sit there and watch and mourn and pray over the grandparents, oh, just she, grandma's just sleeping. She's just sleeping in that pretty box and blah, 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 blah. And so now the kids were paranoid. But this is another situation. I'm driving in my girlfriend's car and I'm sitting in the back seat with her daughter. And her daughter looks up and we pass the cemetery and she goes, look, Auntie April, my grandmother's over there. She's over there resting to eternity with a whole bunch of other people. Her body is in the dirt, but her soul is with us. She talked to me like she was a grown ass woman. I think she was like four. And I was like, yeah. well, it was how her parents presented the situation. She told me, she says, uh, um, Aunt April, we're all going to end up over there. We just have to wait our turn. There was none of this, oh my God, you know, there's this paranoia in this. She made it real to her daughter that this was a transition where the other parent had the poor child scared to go to sleep. Where do we find a balance? What is your position on that? Do we do we give it to them 100 in a, a language uh, that they can understand? Or do we shield them until we feel, we feel that they're mature enough to handle reality, life? I think simple is better and sooner is better because there's always somebody that's going to jump in and tell them and it is going to be a disaster. So it, it, it's better to be upfront. Honesty is just so important and kids are, kids are brilliant and they will process it according to how, how they are able to. And especially if the, the people presented in the right manner, it doesn't have to be complicated. Don't have to go into too much detail. It's like the sex talk, you know, you, you, if you bring it up, you have the conversation, trust me, you answer two or three questions and they're on to something else. We yeah. as adults tend to overthink things. Totally. And we continuously, our trauma, our fears roll into our children. And, you know, I know that your grandchildren are going to feel this the rest of their life. But I'm hoping and I pray that this is, ends the cycle of pain. Whatever pain it was that their mothers went through, let that not transition over to where they are. And you have this opportunity to work with them, show them resilience, be honest with them, love on them, hold space with them so that they don't continue this epigenetic cycle of destruction. Because it's they people think it's an easy way out, but it's not an easy way out. All the people that care about you, all the responsibilities, all the life that was left for you to live is now gone in a fleeting moment. So 
you yeah, got your work cut it's out. It's so critical. Yeah. Now you yeah, work I, and other people on the ranch. Yes. Yeah. And what what we're what I'm focusing on is that we need a lot more happy in our life, and I'm looking for things that spark joy. And if I can present uh, fun activities, we are bringing in some cowgirl hot tubs and glamping sauna. And so it's all Western style. We're putting in outdoor Western showers and making like a mini spa, a rustic spa for you to come and just laugh. And then we do the connection work on the ground with the horses, heart space. We match heartbeats. So then you're amped up to a higher level. And we have conversation and cookies and lots of good food. We got we got a huge garden, uh, orchards, um, permaculture. We're talking about resilience, food sovereignty. Come and learn. Come and stay. Come and play. Come and cry. Come and laugh. Uh, I have women come that share. People are drawn, right? Like-minded. They feel the energy field that I'm sending out, and they just have to come and experience. We do a remember me ceremony, a spirit of the horse for helping let go because we all need to let go of those rocks that are in our backpack and let's step forward and keep moving because it's too easy to sit down and and suffer and we that's not the right answer then that holds our the spirits of our loved ones and then they don't get the learning that they need so I'm, I'm very conscious of that and that that's a big teaching of grief that don't hold them uh, they, they have to experience their joy again as well Mm-hmm. exactly and so you found that in nature and the horse ranch uh how long have you had the horse ranch 20 years well wow. i've had horses since uh forever my grandpa got me my first horse when i was four and i've had horses ever since even though i went to school i went to university i, I always horses have always been my go-to my my grounding my uh my helpers partners always can you can you ride it with a pretty good gallop can you get it going you know i have and i've had four really bad accidents and i'm not supposed to be riding so i i ride a little bit slower i've, I've been bucked off uh not due to my horse's fault but circumstances come up and things happen but yeah i, I broke my neck i broke my back i broke my my leg but here i am because energy work is amazing work, right? And if you have such a belief within you that I was not going to walk, I was not going to ride, be wheeled out of a hospital when I went there. And on the way to the hospital, I just said, I'm going to heal myself. And uh, I did. I walked out of the hospital and the doctor said, I don't know how you did this, but good for you. So yeah, we have a lot of power within us that we have to tap into and we can when we need it. Yeah, well, it's resilience, you know, when you have that. It is. That's what we're asking for anyone that is in a tender spot right now that feels vulnerable, that feels weak, that feels that they need to be heard and that nobody cares about them. It's not true. You got a horse whisperer right there. Somebody that's (laughs) been there, done that and has the t-shirt but wants to hold space with you to help you get through. You know, it only takes one person, each one teach one. We want to save the masses, sure. 
But if we can just save one person at a time, you'd be surprised at what we'd be able to do. So Diane, please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, to come to the ranch, to work with you one-on-one uh, -on -one, and to send you some love. Thank you. Sure, we have, we have a website and it's at wildhorsecamp.com. We are on Facebook at Wild Horse Mountain Ranch. We are on Instagram at wildhorse underscore ranch, or you can call me 403-729-2910. Uh, you can go through the contact of the website to uh, send me a message, uh, message me on Messenger through Facebook. I'm pretty available. Well, you are available and you are wonderful. You are sweet. You are kind. And I appreciate you so much. Is there anything else or words of encouragement or wisdom that you want to leave with our brains before we conclude? You know, I think that we still have to keep moving forward despite what is happening to us, that there's opportunities every day and it's getting up, opening the door and walking out with your head up and knowing that uh, there's there's life ahead of us. And my mom, you're talking about your mom, uh, she left me a message and she said, let's just not talk about living, let's live. And she, she's been giving me that message consistently into my head for the last little while. Let's live. Absolutely, you know. With lots of joy and leave this, you know, trauma is, is there, trauma, loss, death, it's, around us all the time but we don't have to stay there we can still cry oh my gosh we have to cry you have to clean that and let it out you can't let it you keep it in and that's where disease starts so don't do it let go you know what it, i with any situation it's how you process it you have to give yourself time though to process it what that timeline looks like is individual for each person some get over a bee sting in 30 seconds. Some people swell up like a puffer fish. <laughs> it's yeah. all different. So it's how you process it. It's the steps that you go through to heal. It's taking responsibility for yourself uh, and not, you know, harboring any animosity, but just, you know, try to look at yourself in the morning and put a smile on your face. Okay. And you're doing a great job at that. 100%. Thank you so much. Diane, for being here on the edge with us and sharing your story. We appreciate you. And Brains, go to Canada, the horse ranch. I'll let you in my head. <laughs> Have a good day, Brains. We love you. Oh, don't forget, like, love, share, and subscribe. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Okay? Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye, Diane. Bye. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. <laughs>